everyone. This is Morgan Phelps with Acuity Brands. Thank you for tuning in to the Women in Sustainability and Enterprise podcast, also known as WISE. We created this podcast to elevate the voices and achievements of women within Acuity Brands who are working towards a more sustainable environment and workplace. As Acuity continues their sustainable journey, we want to amplify the stories of the women who helped us get here because it takes us all. Welcome to our journey. Welcome to the Women in Sustainability and Enterprise podcast. I'm your co-host, Lauren Scott, alongside Simran Clare. Our guest today is Kendall O'Neill. Kendall joined Acuity a year ago in March 2021 as Director of Strategic Partnerships for Atrius. In her role, she supports our partner channel, ensuring growth and adoption of our Building Insights platform. Kendall has been in the building technologies industry for more than 13 years. Prior to joining Acuity, she was a National Business Development Manager for Digital Services at Siemens, where she worked with sales and operations teams to develop their strategy and deliver remote and cloud-based services to high-profile and complex customers, including those in the K-12, higher education, healthcare, data center, and commercial markets. Through her various roles and experiences in sales and operations, she has found a passion for leading organizations in adopting digital technologies and services. Kendall has a comprehensive view of the industry, leveraging data from building systems and applying digital solutions that drive business initiatives. Kendall grew up on a farm in the Midwest, graduated from Purdue University, and now lives in Richmond, Virginia with her husband, Scott, and two children, Knox and Emma. She enjoys good food, being outdoors, and do-it-yourself projects, and she studies family wellness for fun. With that, I'm going to turn it over to Simran. Thanks, Lauren. Kendall, to kick off our conversation, could you take our listeners through your professional journey so far and how you got to where you are today? Thank you, Simran. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Uh, To answer that question, I think, uh, and to understand maybe the whole picture, I'd I'd have to start from really the beginning. So uh, like Lauren said, I grew up on a farm in Indiana, and I've always really had a desire to understand how things worked. I watched my dad disassemble and reassemble farm equipment, and uh, my brother and I would go build forts and go-karts from anything we found laying around the farm. Um, And I think that's truly kind of where my analytical and technical skills first developed and that interest in uh, STEM uh, programs from the beginning. So when I thought about college, I didn't really think further than Purdue University since it was uh, in my backyard. Um, I started in engineering and about halfway through, I switched into a sales major. So I graduated with a combination that landed me in technical sales. Um, And then through college, I kind of worked part time at Caterpillar in various roles. I drove the mail truck through the factory um, at first shift and then kind of met and worked my way into the procurement and supply chain department. So I had a nice job through college and um, they even offered me a job when I graduated into a rotation program. But unfortunately, in uh, 2009, there was a little bit of an economic downturn and um, they revoked that offer. So I was quickly again, kind of searching for a full-time position and uh, to settle into after graduation. So I believe, or I recall, I kind of snuck into a business job fair and met a recruiter with Siemens, and uh, she offered me a position in their sales development program. Um, Growing up on a small farm and going to college not too far from home, um, I was eager to kind of get out and explore. So Richmond, Virginia was the location that I picked, and I didn't know anyone when I moved here. Um, My 
dad actually drove my stuff out in a horse trailer <laughs> through downtown Richmond on uh, Virginia Commonwealth University's campus. So we were a sight to see, but um, I was with Siemens then for 12 years and served a couple of different roles while I was there. The majority of it was in a service sales position. So that's where I really learned uh, kind of my professional skill set in the big building technologies industry. I sold um, automation, fire, security, mechanical, and energy systems and services in a variety of different uh, vertical markets, uh, K-12, higher ed, healthcare, uh, data centers, and government facilities. So I really got a broad exposure to uh, the industry and to kind of our customers' needs, which uh, really gave me a good background for moving into my future roles. But um, I was encouraged at one point uh, a couple years ago by a mentor of mine to consider uh, my career progression long-term and ended up doing a lap, as I call it, in an operations role. Um, and it was very humbling. And I earned a whole new respect for that side of the business, having to implement essentially what I had sold. So I, I would sell projects and service agreements and then um, was tasked with implementing them. So I, I got you know exposure to the financial operations side uh, as well as the sales side. Um, and then naturally, I moved from those two roles into a business development role where I supported 22 field offices in developing and deploying their digital strategy uh, with cloud-based services that we offered. Um, and then, like you said, about a year ago, I was approached with the opportunity at Acuity then to narrow in on selling a portion of um, what I had sold at Siemens in just selling kind of a software application. And I couldn't pass up the opportunity to do something new. Um, my experience at Siemens had set me up with a solid foundation to grow from, and I really learned about the impact of our built environment and um, attained my lead accreditation early on in my career that put some depth to a purpose uh, in what I was doing. And here we are today. Part of your work in your former roles and where you are now is definitely educating customers in the BMS or the building management uh, industry in terms of new technologies and solutions that might help them reach their goals. What are some of the ways that you've been able to educate organizations on these new solutions to help solve their problems? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and it's it's fun to see in our industry kind of people's different approach to um, selling a, a software set of solutions. Um, and in my experience, I guess most facility departments have been pressured, uh, especially lately, to do more with less. So they've commonly got challenges of less resources, less staff, time, budget, et cetera. And at the same time, you know, are charged to be more efficient, more sustainable, more digital and, and so on. Um, and I've tried to really partner with customers to achieve a balance that starts with creating a vision of where they want to be tomorrow and then really assessing to where they are today. And so once we have identified that gap, uh, we really work together to take a phased approach to address and overcome those challenges, whether it's deferred maintenance, aging infrastructure, lack of transparency into what's going on in their facility and build a custom program or a custom solution set um, that really meets those needs. And then depending on the customer, one starting point can be easily to select some KPIs around portfolio level metrics like an energy star score or cost per square foot. And this exercise can help really quantify the opportunity for improvement and accelerate project funding that they're going after when we can identify or calculate an attractive ROI. So lighting retrofits, the capital equipment replacements, low hanging fruit type projects um, and control retrofits are likely going to be the most bang for their buck in that phase. 
um, the more mature customer organizations who did those projects maybe early on uh, when they first started tracking metrics may look more so into doing field level modifications that kind of add transparency and information that they can then use to drive actions. So think more micro level type projects, adding variable speed drives or zone sensors for more accurate and efficient control, um, fine tuning their operations with software applications like fault detection, sequence optimizations, et cetera. And then, you know, you have the customers that are re they're really the early adopters of new technology with AI, machine learning, exterior drone surveys and all the new shiny things. So it just kind of depends on where the customer is in their journey and how we can lead them to make progress on that path. You mentioned before that you had uh, received your lead accreditation. And I'm wondering if you could tell our listeners a little bit more about other ways that you're involved either in the industry or any other accreditations or associations that you may be part of? In college, I participated in the Society of Women Engineers. And 15 years ago, there weren't as many women in my class. It was really a small group of us. But I certainly have confidence that today there is a larger number with a growing interest in industrial, biomedical, energy and sustainability, for example. And then throughout my career, really the last 15 years, I've really enjoyed networking within the industry associations like IFMA, the International Facility Management Association, and ASHI, the American Association of Healthcare Engineers. And my participation has really varied with those different roles and responsibility that I've had. Um, there's certainly been a consistent topic of sustainability in these professional associations, though, and being active in the facility management and operations side of the industry. Whether you're an occupant in a building or an operator, we all really have a hand in or are responsible for making decisions and choices that could impact sustainability indirectly. You definitely have had a number of years within our industry. I'm curious to know, did you always have your eye on this industry? Or if not, could you walk us through some of maybe the parallels or contrasts of that initial vision or direction and where you are today? Yeah, like I like I kind of said, um, I, I grew up on a farm and I think that element of curiosity and exploration has has been in my blood for a very long time. Um, engineering seemed like a natural fit again with with Purdue in my backyard. And um, I think re recalling back in high school when we had the opportunity to to have like a job shadowing day, I um, initially was interested in biomedical engineering and so I job shadowed a friend of mine's dad who was an orthopedic surgeon and um, had the opportunity to stand in on a couple of surgeries that he did on, um, I think it was a hip replacement and knee replacement and maybe like a brain tumor renewal, removal. And so I was fascinated at that point with how, um, how the body worked and seeing just kind of the replacement of joints with, you know, metal things. It was just really something that interests me. And even today, I still have a, a very strong interest in health and wellness. But um, so going to Purdue for biomedical engineering, um, I, again, with that downturn, I really got to a point where I was at the mercy of the job market. <laughs> so um, even though I wanted to do biomedical engineering and uh, technical sales in an orthopedic type supporting role, um, I, I kind of accidentally in, ended up in building the building industry, but, um, ironically enough, I kind of similarly look at the body like a building where there's independent systems that support the function of the total, uh, the total system being the building or the body. So I've, I've learned to love this industry and, and the purpose and the path behind it. 
Shifting the conversation to Acuity Brands and our own sustainability journey, going back to when you first joined uh, Acuity in 2021, happy one year anniversary, by the way, um, how have you seen our journey evolve to where we are today? I really have a a short lens of that, um, but it's been exciting to see Acuity kind of walking their own talk with having the production facilities and the Building Insights platform and promoting our own efforts and commitments while also kind of walking along uh, with our customers to achieve their own goals. Um, A decade ago, it was really about cost and energy reduction that were driving projects and services. But today, I think those two benefits are really great byproducts of putting the efforts towards sustainability. Um, And then especially with the Atreus Building Insights uh, product back in 2009, when I first started with Siemens, we were promoting Lucid, uh, the the original name for Building Insights, as our green touchscreen offering. And so occupant awareness of their personal impact on the space and behavior modifications were a big uh, were big for a lot of organizations. And so fast forwarding to today and the platform and the functionality, it's that we're still leading from that angle we've really matured into kind of a machine learning and cross-organizational reporting tool where we're being recognized around the world for those capabilities. Um, And then the announcement of the Intelligent Spaces Group in July uh, that included our DISTEC hardware and Atrius software solution set combined. Um, I think our impact really widens at the point uh, that we're at today. So we can refer back to that phased approach that I mentioned, you know, walking with customers through their sustainability journey We're now positioned uh, for strong enterprise partnerships with organizations who, like I said, want to walk with us along that sustainability journey. Over the past year, you have played and you certainly continue to play an important part in the Better Together strategy for the Intelligent Spaces Group at Acuity Brands. Can you tell us a little bit more about the work that you're doing to help expand the visibility of both our Atrius and DISTEC control solutions? This is still a relatively new initiative, I think, for our team, but certainly an exciting process to be a part of. Uh, from my experience at Siemens, it's just a really natural application for me to pitch both the hardware and software sets as part of a potential solution. Um, the sales teams have really leaned into each other for warm introductions to new customers, and I think we're bringing a stronger value play to our partner channel with the Better Together story. Uh, we're developing that story then around the sweet spot in the marketplace for an intelligent spaces group. So. Hopefully ahead of other leaders in the industry that are maybe still dialing in on their next move. Uh, Kudos to our uh, product and marketing teams for having the agility and flexibility that's been critical in us gaining momentum in the market. Diving a little deeper into the value that our customers are receiving, um, focusing a little bit more on your role at Atrius as the Director of Strategic Partnerships. You've certainly played a big role in helping our customers expand their use of building insights. Could you tell us a little bit more about some of the goals that our customers are having as they use this platform and and how you're helping them accelerate success towards reaching their own sustainability goals? Yeah, with our with our partners who are mostly systems integrators, ESCOs and engineering firms, you know, their goals are typically what we call platform use cases. So centralizing uh, the, the utility bills and building data, uh, automating parts of that workflow, measurement and verification reporting, pre and post implementation of projects and enterprise level sustainability reporting. Uh, growth for them usually looks like adding more data to the platform, uh, having more users become uh, engage and adding use cases. Um, I think the last two years, especially, there's been more awareness of indoor air quality. Uh, for example, you know we have a lot of commercial properties that are utilizing this system for 
utility reporting, but with um, building occupants returning back to work, you know, they like the idea of letting the building occupants know that their their air quality is uh, satisfactory or that, you know, they're bringing in enough indoor air. So just people's as kind of the evolution of, you know, the COVID environment changes there or new use cases coming out of that. Um, and then, you know, I think for less complex facilities, um, fault detection is something that we've seen kind of grow in our platform as well as new requirements for ESG reporting. Um, and they're still quite focused on the building management system and building level data sets that are driving additional value and insights by presenting the data in a new way. And the theory that more data drives more value can be deceiving and in that we're very selective and intentional about which data we pull in. Contrasting that to end customers and how they're using the platform, uh, they're exploring and embracing newer technologies to attract and retain talent, students, tenants, et cetera. And we've really seen an emergence, I think, of the IoT committees, vetting processes, and techie type sandboxes where customers are really getting a feel for what comes next. And I think this is perfect timing for where the Intelligent Spaces Group story comes into play because we can partner with them at this point in time to really develop and co-author that strategy together. You touched upon the notion of representation within our industry. And as we look towards bringing more diversity within both Acuity Brands and our industry as an industrial technology company overall, what advice would you have for the younger generation or a younger Kendall coming into this industry? Seeing young women today compared to what I was in college, I'm just, I'm in awe of the achievements that the next generation are bringing to the workforce as, as new grads. Um, I really think self-confidence is a big one that I could have used early on in my career. Um, I think women especially we're wired differently, and I think we therefore analyze and process things differently than um, differently, but equally as important uh, through an equally important lens. And uh, in a traditionally male-dominated industry, that voice can totally change the trajectory of a project or initiative or strategy. So I would encourage myself to have you know spoken up sooner. Um, and then maybe another one would just be to pave your own way and be yourself. Um, you know, oftentimes I think there's this path of climbing the corporate ladder and, and, you know, never feeling like you reach the top maybe, but uh, spend some time with yourself, understanding what makes you tick and push yourself to do hard things, get uncomfortable and try something new and, and really write your own story. Shifting the conversation to learn more about you and your personal life, can you walk us through how you incorporate a sustainability mindset in your interests and hobbies? Yeah, um, surprisingly, I do not have a smart home. Um, I think uh, personal health and wellness for the family, I think, is maybe one way that we practice sustainability, maybe in a different lens than your uh, typical sustainability mindset. But um, respecting and restoring nature. Um, I grew up on a farm, and so that's something now living in suburbia that I think I I yearn for, you know, to kind of get our kids out and exploring nature. And, um, you know, even as my kids grow up, you know, they're still five and, and four, but even kind of seeing it through their eyes and experiencing, uh, you know, even recycling or teaching them about more sustainable efforts is something that we've really uh, promoted and enjoyed in our house. 
In the scope of women in sustainability and enterprise, are there any resources that you'd recommend that our listeners check out in their own respective journeys? This could be anything from books to podcasts or publications that you enjoy. Yeah, for me, um, you know, my time in the industry has really been spent in the facility and operations side of the business. So most of, of that is more around the technical way that systems operate uh, in, in less sustainability in the corporate world. Um, for me and in, in sustainability personally, I can say that, you know, I spend time again, reading books on health and wellness and homesteading and raising the next generation to identify, you know, sustainability career options, getting outside and appreciating nature. And then, you know, even kind of the regenerative, regenerative farming methods that, that utilize technology and some of those applications to be more sustainable and, and um, kind of restore our earth in a way to uh, repair it. The narrative around social and environmental well-being can sometimes be overwhelming. How have you managed to stay motivated in both your personal and professional endeavors, despite what can sometimes feel like a heavy landscape? Yeah, I, I would say one of my mantras is, you know, control what you can control and and what we do have control over is our attitude and kind of our next steps. So uh, one thing that uh, I've, I've really kind of had success with is, is habit stacking and doing the next best thing. So, you know, if I have a goal to, I don't know, read 10 pages a day, you know, that is definitely more achievable than setting a goal to read a hundred books this year. So just finding that next step um, and having a good attitude about it is something that really works for me. I think being self-aware of those small achievements toward a bigger goal is a is a is a lot more appetizing maybe uh, than being overwhelmed with such uh, such a lofty goal and and I would say the same thing for our customers you know back to that phased approach that I I spoke a little bit about earlier it's it's easy to commit to you know carbon neutrality by 2030 but how are we going to get there and those those smaller increments and phased approaches is really where it's at. We always like to end our podcast asking our guests, what does sustainability mean to you? I think it's a term that has many definitions. So we're curious as to what your lens is on the term. I think to me, thinking about sustainability, and it's been a term that's been around, especially in our industry for years, to a point, I mean, we're trying to maintain a certain rate or level. And to me, that seems like status quo. And so I guess I maybe perceive it as a challenge uh, to go one step further and really define and create an environment that truly thrives, whether that's personally, professionally, and socially. Um, there's a saying, if you want to change the world, start at home or start within. And, you know, I'm first and most responsible and accountable to my family. And I'd like to teach my kids how to create and believe and dream big dreams. And I think that comes really from a space of thriving rather than sustaining. And that all boils down again to making choices that, you know, positively impact our well-being um, and our environment in, in your everyday life. Thank you so much for your time today. It's been wonderful to learn a little bit more about you and your story. Um, and thank you for helping inspire some of our listeners with your sustainability journey. Thank you so much. Thank you for supporting this month's Women of the Month here on WISE. We're looking forward to sharing more success and stories with you all here at Acuity Brands. Feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts. 
and we'll see you all next month.